podcast, a podcast about music, health, wellness, and activism that will help you to find balance between life as a musician and self-care through health and wellness. I'm your host, Jazzy Piggott, a tuba player, composer, certified personal trainer, writer, educator, and podcaster based in Baltimore, Maryland. So my apologies for uh, not showing up like two weeks ago. Um, (laughs) Things have just been a little hectic and I've just been a little tired, so I just kind of missed an episode. But it's okay. So today we're having an episode and it's going to be great. And I hope you still are listening. So thanks. Anyways, um, today I'm going to be discussing getting back into routines after having your time off. Now, recently, I mean, school started yesterday um, and well, I haven't really gotten into a routine yet. And I'm kind of like, I don't know if I want to get into a routine. And it's been very difficult for me to kind of manage that. So I decided, like, what better to talk about than to talk about this? And hopefully I'll actually listen to my advice because I usually don't listen to myself, even though, like, I spend all this time coming up with all these things that are very valuable to to you as a listener. Um, So I should listen to myself more, but I don't. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So here are my tips for returning to school because you just returned to school after a long summer off. You're not quite ready to return to the swing of things. So here are some tips to find your flow again. So tip number one is simple. Just ease into it. So it is very, very easy to try and jump immediately into a schedule and a structured way of living. However, you need to start slow because odds are the entire summer you haven't really had a structure or anything. You've just been kind of sleeping till whenever, going to bed whenever you feel like it, eating whenever the moment comes, going to all the restaurants, things like that. And it will not come undone overnight. It's very difficult to just suddenly say, okay, it's the 29th. Now it's my time to get everything back together and just jump into a schedule. That might be difficult. So start slow where you can. Obviously you can't miss a class or a meeting, But you can control when you go to bed, wake up, do your homework, and practice. So for easing off, I'm going to start with sleep. Just start by going to bed and waking up 15 minutes earlier than you had been. And then keep doing that every single day until you are where you want to be. So rather than being like, okay, I've been going to bed at 1 a.m., but I need to go to bed at 10 so I can wake up at 8 instead of noon... (laughs) You can't just one day just decide to go to bed at 10 a.m. and hope to wake up before you're 8 a.m. Because your body's probably going to be like, um, I'm not really used to this yet. Why are you trying to make me do this? My circadian rhythm is all off because that's what's going to happen. So rather than doing like a huge drastic shift, just do little shifts here and there until you get things back to normal. And then also practice. Practice is something that people also tend to kind of not ease into. I know myself, I'll go over the entire summer and have barely picked up my horn and then suddenly, okay, it's the first week of classes. Let me bow down and play three hours a day with very devoted, focused practice time. That's not really good for you. Um, We had this whole 
pre-performance fundamentals orientation last week with uh, Peabody. And it was very informative. And we talked to David Federley and the trombone professor here who were both talking about this very thing. And they were saying it's too often where people just just go from practicing maybe like one hour a day and try to jump up to three hours because, oh, my professor wants that. But that always or almost always results in burnout or en- or injury in the future because your body probably can't just handle handle it. You know, it's like going from not being able to run to trying to run a 5K every single day. Your body can't handle it. Maybe you can do it for the first two days, first three days, maybe the first week, but then you're probably going to be like, oh, okay, now I'm injured. And then you're going to have to take a step back again because your body forced you to do that. So really ease into your practice. So they talked about scheduling three practice sessions a day. So if right now you're practicing for basically like an hour a day, then give yourself three 15-minute blocks. And then that's 45 minutes. So then the next day, give it three 20-minute blocks, then 25-minute blocks, 30-minute blocks, so on and so forth until you're up to the goal that you want to have for your practice. So tip number two is schedule. And I know I just talked about easing into it so you don't do a schedule, but this is kind of the opposite of that. Um, I did episode nine. That was all about scheduling. I talked about how to make a perfect schedule and everything because I just love schedules. So establishing a schedule can help you to create a structured routine. And then you could technically ease into a schedule. If you lightly schedule and you're like, okay, I'm going to schedule my bedtime at this time this day, and you do what I was saying about the 15-minute thing before, that could be a way of scheduled easing in. So they might not be mutually exclusive. So when you're creating your schedule, first you need to determine what you cannot compromise, like scheduled classes or meetings. And then once that's done, you need to schedule what needs to get done but is somewhat flexible. So that's your practice, that's your eating, and that's your exercise. And then you also wanna make sure you have at least one hour where you can just be yourself every single day. Now that could be the hour before you go to bed, that could be just an hour in the middle of the day, maybe you schedule a nap somewhere in there, but you just wanna be not working for one hour a day to clear your head, allow your brain to have mental rest, and for you to just kind of feel like you're at rest for a little bit. And then finally, when you make a schedule, do not get neurotic about the schedule. (laughs) Life happens and you need to be flexible. Now, I used to get this way about my schedule. I know my second semester of my second year at Michigan State, I was very regimented with my schedule because that was the only thing keeping me sane. So I had every single hour of my day mapped out. And if I missed an hour, I'd be like, oh, no, oh, no, I don't have time to compose today. Ah, I cut into my composition hour. What am I going to do? Oh, my gosh. And then I would freak out and then I wouldn't do anything. So don't get neurotic about it. Let your schedule be flexible. Like maybe create a list of tasks you need to do in an order you want to do them and then just do them as you see fit rather than scheduling out every single hour because you might not need to do that. Everybody's different. For me, a schedule really works well. 
But for others, that could be something that's a little bit stressful and you don't need that in your life if it does cause you stress. So tip number three is to shift your mindset. So I've talked about this before, but having a growth mindset is great. And a part of having a growth mindset is to focus on how much you rather focus on how much you have to do, focus on how much you get to do. So remember the positives. So instead of, oh man, I have to go on a four mile run today. Hey, I get to go on a four mile run today. I get to go do that. I want to go do that. So I'm going to go do it and focus on it like that. Oh, I get to go do my homework. I get to read that interesting article about music and film and stuff like that. Because you did sign up for these classes, so there must be a little bit of interest there somewhere where you get to go practice, you get to spend time with your instrument and get better at it and work at that. So just try to shift that, I have to go do this, to a get to go do this. And then remember that everything you're doing is technically what you signed up for rather than what you must do. So even if you're in school right now, you still made the decision to go to school. So it's part of what you technically want to be doing, because if you didn't want to do all of the coursework or all the practice, you probably wouldn't have signed up to go to a music school. So you signed up to go to this music school. Take advantage of all the education it has to offer and what you get to accomplish out of it, because that's what's going to keep you going. You know, you you signed up for it. You want to do this. And it might seem tedious now, but you know you want that diploma in the future so you can get that job or do whatever you want to do. Tip number four, establish habits. So I did a four-part series on habit change back in January. That was episodes 25 through 28. Habits are actions that we do almost automatically following the pattern, cue, action, and reward. So a cue, something sparks the action in your head, and then you do the action and you get some sort of rewarding feeling afterwards. So for a lot of people, they see a bag of chips, they eat the bag of chips, and the reward is, yeah, I ate the bag of chips. Um, <laughs> so there are bad habits just as much as there are good habits. So right now we're talking about establishing good habits. So you want to link the new good habits you're trying to establish with existing ones. So if you get up every morning and brush your teeth, then you put on your running shoes immediately after that. I think we talked about this too in the last episode about running, but it's just something where you can link it so you know, okay, I brushed my teeth, now I'm putting on the running shoes. Maybe you're not even planning to go on a run that day. You just want to establish the consistency. And then you also want to make sure that it's more convenient to do good habits and less convenient to do bad habits. So whatever you have to do. I know I keep all of my snacks in a chest that's under a couple of boxes. So I know if I want a snack, I have to go into the chest and go under the couple of boxes in order to get that bag of popcorn. And it makes me think twice before I go do it. Or similarly, I love ice cream. And I decided that there's an ice cream store down by the harbor. So if I want ice cream, I have to take the half an hour walk down to the harbor to get the ice cream. So it really makes me think about, hmm, do I want to do this? So it makes my bad habit like less prominent. As far as a good habit example, I keep my running shoes by the door. 
because I know, all right, it's easy for me to just put them on if they're right by the door and I have to go in the morning. Or you leave your exercise clothes out. Or you wear exercise clothes. I know I, I wear a lot of, I guess, my lazy clothes just because I know that's the only way I'm going to go on a walk because I hate getting my jeans and my nice shirts sweaty because I'm going walking. Rather, I'd rather get my exercise clothes all sweaty. So making it more convenient to exercise by putting out my exercise clothes and wearing them makes me do the good habit more. And now it's just a habit. I just do it. So when you're aiming for consistency or when you are doing these habits, aim for consistency over the quantity. So for example, if you start with 20 minutes of practice a day, that is a lot better than you practicing for two hours one day and then taking the next two days off. What Gretchen Rubin always says is what you do every day matters more than what you do once in a while. Tip number five, create some form of accountability. So this tip has to do with Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies Framework. I've mentioned this before in several previous episodes. It's basically a framework that divides people up into four different categories based on how they respond to expectations. So an upholder is someone who readily responds to both inner and outer expectations. An obliger is someone who readily responds to outer expectations but struggles to respond to inner expectations. A questioner is somebody who readily responds to inner expectations but struggles to respond to outer expectations. And a rebel is somebody who struggles to respond to both inner and outer expectations. So I am definitely an upholder um, where I can respond to both inner and outer expectations quite easily. So I've learned how to take advantage of that in order to make my Habits come and whatnot. So for obligers, that means, again, you rely on outer expectations rather than your inner expectation. Find a friend or family member who you can check in with to make sure your transition is on track. So this can be your boyfriend. This can be your mom. Just be like, hey, mom, um, can you make sure that I'm doing my homework, please, or that I'm not sitting on the couch watching TV because I think it's the summer anymore? And they can just check in on you and make sure you're doing that. Or you can just talk to them every day about like, oh, I did this today and just kind of make that a part of your day. But having somebody else aware that you're trying to make this change will give you a form of outer accountability. And then even better, you could get somebody else who's trying to transition and you can keep tabs on each other making sure that, oh, are you doing this properly? Because I struggled today and just finding somebody to talk about these things with. So that would be best for obligers. Best for upholders is using a habit tracker and creating a streak, if that works for you. So I use habit trackers like all the time and I thrive on streaks. So I know that I, over the summer, I was very disappointed because I had a 1500 day MyFitnessPal streak and I lost it because I was on the cruise and had no internet. And I was so angry at myself because I'm like, no, it's going to take me forever to get back up there. And I spent so much time, like 1,500 days. That's a lot of days to be logging on religiously every single day. So, yes, um, I love habit trackers. They're very good for upholders just because it creates some sort of accountability. Same with scheduling. Um, That also works for upholders. 
Then you have your questioners. So these are people who respond readily to inner expectations, but not outer. So for questioners, what you should do is you should develop a goal and then create a sound reason for the goal you're trying to achieve. And then shoot for it. So if you decide to go running, maybe you research running and realize, oh, running has all these benefits, so I'm going to go on runs. And that's where you get your accountability from. You just need to find a reason to do that thing. And then having a goal will create a level of inner accountability. And then finally, we have rebels. So rebels are the tricky ones. But Gretchen Rubin talks about how rebels, even though they don't respond to outer or inner expectations, they can respond to identity. So for my rebels out there, identify as somebody who does the things that you are trying to do. So that would be, I am a good student, and a good student would do this, rather than, oh man, I want to be better at my homework, or oh, my professor wants me to be better at my homework. A good student would do this, so let me go do it. So if you want to dive more into the four tendencies, Gretchen Rubin has a whole book on it, but she also has a website where you can take the test and see what tendency you are. And I believe that's GretchenRubin.com quiz. So I highly recommend that if you don't know what your tendency is yet. It will definitely help you get along. It's also good to know other people's tendencies because you know, hey, if I tell my boyfriend to do this thing, he's probably not going to do it unless I give him a sound reason. So, yeah. So tip number six, don't panic. Now, this is a lot easier said than done, um, but you just got to realize that things are changing right now and that's okay. Some people adjust faster or slower to the changes, but let it take its time. Allow yourself to make mistakes while you're easing back into things. Maybe one day you do forget to submit an assignment. Oh, well, it's not the end of the world. It's not going to tank your grade. It's one assignment. You just submit it late. But don't beat yourself up over the fact that you're struggling to practice the three hours a day you used to practice or you're not going on as many runs as you used to go on. Just don't beat yourself up over those things because you are transitioning back into school. And after three, four months of not being in school, it is a hard transition to get back into that mode. So give yourself grace and then don't panic. Like, it's okay. It's okay if you slip. I promise you, you're going to survive another day. And you're going to be like, man, Jazzy told me I'd survive this day. And I'll be like, yes, I did. I did tell you that. So just think about it that way. Tip number seven. Remember to take time off. So just because school or work has started again doesn't mean you suddenly don't get any days off. That's why you have a weekend. So make sure you take one day a week completely off from work or school. And yes, this includes practicing. Now, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I must practice every single day. Or if I'm not practicing, somebody else is. Yeah, maybe somebody else is practicing. But you know what? You not burning out and not being able to practice is a whole lot better than you practicing too much and then burning out later. So you can't practice. So... Just take time off and it's okay. Like I know for me, my days off are Sundays because those are my long run days. After running like 15 plus miles, 
I suck at playing with tuba. I don't know why, I just do. So I know, okay, these are my tuba-free days is my Sundays. And then I know my homework-free days are usually Saturdays or Fridays. So just take one day off of whatever task. Maybe you don't want to put both of them, like you don't practice or do homework on one day. Maybe that's too much because you have to manage your schedule. So just take one of those things off and make sure you have several hours to yourself at least once a week. But it's very, very important to regularly take time off to deter from burnout. And then try to create boundaries around school and work too. Make sure you're not doing schoolwork past like nine o'clock because at that point it should be you time where you're trying to get to bed and go to bed at a reasonable time so you can be your best the next day. And finally, tip number eight is to practice gratitude. So be grateful for where you are and the things that you have. This can help you have something positive to grasp onto when things may seem like chaos. So I'm grateful that I'm going to Peabody. I'm grateful that I can play the tuba if I decided to. (laughs) I'm very grateful that I'm studying with my professor. And these are things I get to do. I'm grateful that I got to take a music and film course and a diversity composer course. Like all these are things that I'm grateful for and focusing on this gratitude is making me feel better about transitioning. It goes back to shifting your mindset. So think, what can you be grateful for in your work? And what about outside of work? Maybe your friends or family, because your friends or family are there rooting for you the whole time and don't take them for granted. Be grateful for them and really cherish the opportunities you have to spend time with them. So I promise in no time, you will be back into a nice flow. Just give yourself grace and let things take time. And if you're really struggling, reach out to a professor or a mentor to be honest about it. Maybe they can help you. And also therapy is incredible and everybody should do it. So consider that as well. Um, I'm not a therapist. I don't have any sort of training in this. This is all just my advice. So take it with a grain of salt. But I hope this helps. And yeah, so that includes the information portion of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And now I'm going to move on to Roses, Buds, and Thorns. So Roses, Buds, and Thorns is a segment I do to cultivate a level of authenticity and gratitude. So authenticity because, A, usually when things are going great, there's something in my life that's not perfect, and I just need to acknowledge that. And then gratitude because, well, if things aren't going great, there's always something I can be grateful for. So a rose is something good that happened. A bud is something you're looking forward to. And a thorn is something bad that happened. So because I like to end on positive notes, I always like to start with my thorns. So my thorn is basically the entire theme of this episode. I have not been getting back into my routine too well. And this is also leading to me spiraling towards a little stage of depression. And I can sense myself heading towards that right now. But I'm working to keep my head above water so I can prevent these things from creating another depressive episode because I've been 10 months depression free and I really don't need to reinvigorate that or start that again because that's not fun. So, yeah, my thorn is just not getting into the swing of things. 
I haven't really been practicing much. Um, I've been spending a lot of time. Well, I'm spending a lot of time running because I'm training for a marathon. But I spend a lot of time walking too, which isn't the best thing because my legs are feeling like lead at every single run because of this. But that that's besides the point. So my thorn, I haven't been getting back into my routine and I'm recognizing the signs of spiraling and depression. So my rose for this week and my bud, I guess, um, my rose is that my birthday is tomorrow. And by the time this episode comes out, it will be yesterday on the 31st, August 31st. So I'm turning 25 and it's like, whoa, I'm 25 now. I'm close to 30. That's the next milestone birthday. Oh my gosh, I'm getting so old, even though I'm so young. So I'm excited to turn 25. Um, I'm excited to see what 25 brings for me because 24 and 23 both brought a lot of good things for me. So I just want to keep that that streak going. And I'm very excited because I'm going to have like a very nice day. I'm not going to cook a single thing. I'm going to go out for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm going to spend time with some of my friends. I'm going to spend time with Andre. I'm just going to have a good time tomorrow. So very excited, even though it's on a Wednesday. But it is what it is. And then my bud on the same lines is that I'm having a birthday party on Friday and I'm inviting about like eight or nine friends and we're just going to hang out. I'm going to get a bunch of sandwiches from Wegmans and a little fruit, fruit ah, a little ice cream cake from Cold Stone Creamery. And I'm just excited for, I'm very excited for the ice cream cake. Oh my gosh. It's supposed to be red velvet with like birthday cake, ice cream, like sandwiched in between. I'm very excited, <laughs> but yeah, I'm so excited for being all my friends and getting to spend time with them and then getting that that cake and the sandwiches. So yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. So anyways, um, that's the episode. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or I guess Spotify because they do reviews now. But it helps other people find the show and then tell your friends and family or your colleagues or coworkers or whoever about this podcast so that, you know, more listeners can come. I recently hit 1000 plays or 1000 downloads, which is very exciting because um, that means a thousand people have listened to this podcast at some point in their lives. So I'm very happy that that happened. And I know we can hit 2000 soon if we get the word out there. So please, please, please tell people, make sure they know about the podcast. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me because I am around and I respond to all my emails. And then my email is piggitjasmine at gmail.com. So I hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Harmony and Healing. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Harmony and Healing Podcast. And you can find me personally at the Jazzy Tubist on both Facebook and Instagram. And at my website, jasminepiggit.com. I'll see you next Thursday.